The reading this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Karen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's a real joy to be uh, together this morning as a, a church family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and to hear you speak to us. And we pray that now as we pause and spend a few moments reflecting on these words written by the Apostle Paul so many years ago, that you would use them to instruct our hearts and minds, that we would understand you better, that we would love you more deeply, that uh, we would, <coughs> uh, that the truths that we're reminded of this morning may flow out in the way that we live and see life. And particularly this morning, I want to pray for any that are finding life difficult because there are such encouraging truths in this verse. Please help us hold on to them when things seem bleak. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning again, everyone. It's very good to be with you. And we're beginning a, a very short two-week series um, before I go on holiday today. So we're breaking. James has been doing a series from the book of Ephesians for a while. We're just taking two weeks break, and then he'll pick up again uh, at the end of those two weeks. And I wanted to do something a little different with these um, two weeks that we've got. So we're going to do two weeks on what I've called one-verse wonders. One-verse wonders. Looking at one verse at a time. So our usual style here at St. Stephen's is to go through books of the Bible and we go through different chunks as we go through, but like James has been doing, going through the book of Ephesians, a chapter or a few verses at a time. But every now and then it's worth doing something a little bit different. So sometimes we look at topics and we think about how the scriptures uh, deal with certain topics and think about them from a Christian perspective. Or other times, like today and next week, we look at the Bible in a slightly different way. And so today we're looking at one verse. Next week, we're looking at a different verse from a different book, uh, from a different uh, kind of section. So although Karen just read out a few verses today from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's only verse 16 we're thinking about. And it can be good to do something like this. It's not our normal kind of way, as I've just said, but it can be good to do this. Uh, in the past, learning memory verses from the Bible was a big part of Christian formation and discipleship. Repeated reading of verses of scripture so that you knew it in your head and it was just automatically there and you could recall it and was part of what we did. Repeated reading and saying particular verses that taught certain important truths was common. Uh, but sadly today I think that's gone out of fashion more and more. <clears throat> if it's done at all, it's normally just done with the very young children. Uh, they're the ones that are encouraged to do it and there's great value in that. But even amongst them I think it's out of vogue more and more today. But there's a lot to commend this practice. There's real value to it, especially when the verses contain truths that we need to hold on to in the difficulties of life. 
You and I live in a world full of competing voices. Voices that try and give us different priorities from the ones that come from our Creator. Voices that tell us lies or distort the truth that comes from the one who created us and has rescued us in his son. And the ability to be able to recall simple biblical truths in a verse or or something like that is very helpful in that kind of world with those competing voices. And memorizing does that. Whether it's songs, for some people they, they, they they latch on to Christian songs, whether it's liturgy, the words said regularly, day, you know, day after day, week after week, uh, or prayers or verses, the ability to call to mind, to remember and hold on to truths can be very valuable in a world full of so many distractions and distortions. And so I thought it'd be good to look over these two weeks at two different verses in the hope that we, I mean this literally, might be able to remember them, memorise them, hold on to them and that they might be able to encourage us and challenge us as we continue to live in this fallen world full of snares and troubles. And I've chosen, at one level, two unlikely verses, because I tried to steer away from perhaps the the really well-known ones. But I've chosen two that in some ways, although they come from different books and uh, different chapters, obviously, and in some ways they go together because I've deliberately chosen them to help us in two areas of Christian understanding and therefore in life, the area of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. God's sovereignty and human responsibility. Those two areas, those two truths are very important in the life of the Christian and the need to hold on to both, to understand both, to believe both, to put both into practice is crucial to have a healthy Christian life. The flip side of it is to either ignore or to neglect either side leaves a person in a very imbalanced position as a Christian or in an unhealthy state as a disciple of Jesus. Now what do I mean by that? I mean, think of God's sovereignty. There's the first one. God's sovereignty is one of the wonderful things that the Bible teaches. And there are times when it might be the only thing that gets a person through a particular season of life. The knowledge that despite however they may be feeling personally, despite whatever their circumstances might be at that time, despite how low or bleak or dark we think things are, the knowledge that God's in charge and that we're in his hands. The the knowledge that things are not going to spin totally and ultimately out of control, that God's purposes won't be thwarted, that the devil won't win, that not a sparrow falls unless God's will allows it, and he knows the, the number of hairs on our head. He's in charge. Sometimes it's just that fact that allows us to get on with life because things are so difficult. Sometimes we need to rest in that, trust that, be reminded of that. That's God's sovereignty. But if you only focus on that, as wonderful as it is, if you only think about that and reflect on that and live in the light of that, then you might think, well, it doesn't matter what you do. You might think that, well, my decisions and my actions and my prayers and my efforts and my deeds are not necessary because God's in charge and he's going to get his thing done. But that's not the Bible's teaching. The scriptures teach, on the other hand, human responsibility, that you and I are responsible for what we do and don't do. Our decisions count. Our actions are important. And so there are times, just like where we may need encouragement to remember God's sovereignty and rest in that, there are other times where we may need to be challenged to, to buck up our ideas as Christians. 
to kick ourselves in the pants and uh, to, to try a bit harder in different areas of the Christian life, to work harder, to serve more, to try, to be disciplined, to refrain, to stop. Do you see, we need to hold on to, we need to believe, and we need to put into practice both God's sovereignty and human responsibility. And my two verses are one of each. So this week, the verse is on divine sovereignty. Next week, it's human responsibility. In other words, I think, or I hope in some ways, this week will be encouraging. Next week, I look forward to seeing you. (laughs) It will be a little different because it's going to be on our responsibility. But we need both. And there are times of life where we particularly need both. There will be some times of life where we really need to hear and rest in the sovereignty of God. There are other times where we need to be challenged and shaken in terms of the importance of us taking our human responsibility seriously in the face of our Father. So what we're going to do this morning, it's very simple, is we're going to look at one verse. We're going to look at this verse, make sure that we're clear on the principle behind it, and then think of a few areas in life where the truth of this verse plays out, where it should make a difference in our thinking and mindset and behaviour and practice, where hopefully it can strengthen us and encourage us and embolden us. And so hopefully Jacob's got it on the, the screen behind me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. This is it. Therefore... We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. I'll read it again. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. I love this verse because the truth it gives is one that we can, we we forget the truth of this verse very easily. Paul, the author of the verse, tells us why we will lose heart. And why will we lose heart? Because outwardly we're wasting away. Because what you and I do is we focus on the outward. We focus on what we can see with our eyes. I've got to say, the older I get, the more I get this verse. When when I was in my 20s, I felt like I was undefeatable. Don't laugh. No, you can laugh at that. Imagine back to my 20s. Some people in this room can remember me in my 20s. I was healthy then. I was fairly fit. I had all of life lying ahead of me. But now, outwardly wasting away, yep, I get that. It, pretty, it fits pretty well. Actually, maybe it doesn't. Like, it doesn't. Maybe it should be out, outwardly expanding away would be better for me. But, but this is part of my life now. A couple of months ago, I had to get glasses for the first time in my life. Outwardly wasting away. I, I, every time I get out of bed in the morning, I find it a little tougher. Outwardly wasting away. Some of you will never be able to believe I didn't always have grey hair or an increasingly grey head of hair, but outwardly wasting away. But Paul says that's what we see with our eyes. That's what we feel in our bones kind of thing. But it's not the full picture. He says, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. That is, God is at work in all things in ways that we can't see. The reality for a Christian is that although we may be declining physically as we approach death, although we may be getting weaker from the outside and less able outwardly, inwardly God is working in us to renew us. That is giving us fresh life and strength day by day. In these verses beforehand, he says it's because Jesus has come and we're one day going to rise with Christ. The truth of that is this. 
And then, uh, although we're not focusing on the next verses after 16, they help to explain ours. Look at verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles in this life, you and me, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what's seen, but what's unseen. For what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Do you see the principle of this verse? Paul is talking about the problem that all of us as human beings have where we judge the book by its cover. And we do that. We see the cover, we see it's the most obvious thing, and we think that's the full picture. We think that's accurate, and we proceed in life on the basis of the cover. We have the warning, don't we? It's one of the sayings that we have as human beings. Don't judge a book by its cover, but we all do it. To put it in Paul's language, we're obsessed by the outward which is wasting away. That's tr- Have a think about how much this world today is obsessed by the outward. The amount of time and effort that we put into body image or social media image, and we're obsessed by the outward and we judge on it. I was watching a TV program the other day with the girls, and um, it was one of those gladiator-type programs, very healthy, it's good to watch as a Christian, uh, where contestants compete physically. And I, we were trying to pick who would win the, 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 the kind of last competition. I picked the one who looked like a Greek god. They looked unbelievable. They were terrible. Because I was just judging on the outside. Had all the muscles everywhere. I should have looked at myself and realised no, it's all about inner strength. It's all about mind, power. And This guy didn't even complete the course. He was shattered. He kind of exploded. But we do that in life all the time. We let the obvious outward elements influence us far more than we should. We let the surface level dictate how we feel about things and think about things, even when there's far more to it. And Paul is saying we don't just do that in normal everyday life, we do it as Christians. We let the physical, the outward, the temporary, the the immediate influence our thinking, our attitude, our mood, how we view God, how we think he views us, and how we see our circumstances and future. And he says, don't do that. Because he says, God's working in ways that you don't see. And if God's in charge and he's working in ways that you don't see, hold on to that. What he says is, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. That's the principle of this verse. And he's talking about it as Christians kind of physically and spiritually, but I think it's a principle that you can apply in all areas of life. It's very important for Christians to know this and believe this and trust this because there will be times in your life, and you may know this right now, there will be times in your life where things seem to be crumbling, where it may seem that things are hopeless, irredeemable, too bad to be changed. Things have gone too far to be brought back. Things have spiralled too far out of control to be ever corrected. And it's precisely at those times in our lives when we do lose heart, when we do doubt seriously, when we have fear and sometimes overwhelming anxiety and think that there's no way forward and no light possible. But Paul would say, because we know that we are loved by God, because we know that one day we will be raised with Christ, that's the context of verse 14 15, because we know the end of the story, how it all ends at the end, therefore we do not lose heart, because although outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. This is trusting that beneath the surface, behind it all, God is still in control. 
The same God who can use the evil of this world and the sufferings of our lives to bring about ultimate good. The same God who won't allow the sufferings that you and I go through to be the last word in either our lives or this world. The same God who holds us in his hands and will one day bring us to be with him. Even though we can't see that, it's true. Even though we sometimes won't feel that, it's true. And therefore we don't lose heart. Because even when we can't understand what's going on, we know he's good. We know he loves us. We know he's in charge. And we know there's more going on than what we just see with our physical eyes. That's the principle. And so I just want to, in the the couple of minutes I've got left, I just want to encourage us to know this in a few particular areas of life where I think we as Christians can lose heart. Some of these may be areas that you, you've been struggling with or, or finding it. Some of them may not be. Just This is a scattergun approach. Just hold on to what's helpful and let go what's not. First area of life I'd like to mention, our godliness and sin. When you're a non-Christian, you don't necessarily care about how you live or behave. When you're a Christian, you do, because you know you're letting the Lord down who gave his son for us. And sometimes issues concerned with our godliness and sin can cause Christians to lose heart. The feeling that we're, we're seeing very little progress. A feeling that we keep tripping up in the same areas again and again. A feeling that God can't possibly love us because we know how real and repeated and awful our sin is. And I want to say there's real wisdom in that at one level, in knowing the seriousness and awfulness of sin. Too many people in this world think that sin's trivial, that think that it's, it's not that big a deal. It absolutely is. Sin costs the Son of God his life. It's not trivial. The price of sin was the, de- the life of the Son of God for you and I. It is a big deal. If it wasn't that bad, Jesus wouldn't have died for it. That's why people need to put their trust in him and live for him. So there's wisdom and maturity in knowing that sin and godliness is a big deal. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But if you trust in Jesus, if you trust in Jesus, your sin has been paid for. It's been dealt with. It's over. The book cover may say you're doing bad. Outwardly, you may feel like you're failing continuously and may think that God's disappointed or doesn't love you. Inwardly, the rest of the book is, if you're in Jesus Christ, you're loved perfectly. And God's love for you doesn't go up and down based on what you've done because it's all been dealt with by Christ on the cross. You've been washed clean. You've been covered by the Lord Jesus Christ. The righteousness of Christ is credited to you. You don't need to have fear or doubt. Your sin is gone. It's covered, washed, paid for. Don't lose heart. You may feel outwardly you're wasting away. Inwardly you're being renewed day by day. Don't lose heart. Do you see what this verse does for us in this area of life? Next area of life. The weakness of the church. For some people this is a huge discouragement. When they look at earthly churches, perhaps their own, perhaps others around, that they see it and it's so discouraging. I've got no friends my own age. Is, this, is there anything coming of this? So many churches seem small and struggling. The, the world laughs at churches today as outdated and old-fashioned and with offensive beliefs. The church seems powerless and weak. Perhaps even something like we've done where there's been a, a division of some kind and now it seems it can cause people to worry, outwardly wasting away, you might say. But inwardly, that's not the truth. James 
uh, Ballinger has given us a picture of the church from the book of Ephesians over the last couple of months that is the truth about the church, and he's done it in wonderful ways. We've been reminded that the church is the bride of Christ. The church has been raised to be seated with God in the heavenly realms. It's the people of God, and the gates of hell will not break it. Inwardly, do you see, it's very different. Don't lose heart. Though outwardly wasting away, inwardly, it's very different. What about the state of the world? Again, sometimes this causes Christians difficulty. We live in a crazy world. Sometimes you just see things on the news and go, what the heck is the world I live in? Or is that just me? No, it's other people are nodding their head. We live in a crazy world, and sometimes you can laugh at how foolish it is. I was laughing the other day, the... The Israel Folau incident, no matter what you think on the Israel Folau thing, some of the things that are being said and done at the moment are ridiculous. I saw a headline, this is absolutely true, I saw a headline in an Australian newspaper, which was said by Peter Beatty, who's a former Australian uh, politician, and he was speaking about the Israel Folau thing because he's now got a senior role in rugby league, and there was talk that maybe Israel Folau will now go to rugby league. And the headline was, Peter Beatty says... Rugby league is an inclusive game, therefore there's no place for it for Israel Folau. <laughs> and in the article, there was not one word on the irony of that. Not one word. And you, you, you're reading these things and going, we live in a crazy world. But sometimes we don't just think it's foolish. Sometimes the decline in this world and the evil around us and the state of people's hearts and lives is overwhelming. And the tide of living as a Christian in this world can seem uh, inevitable. The descent into darkness can seem unstoppable. And again, we can be tempted to think it's all spinning out of control, that everything may fail in the end or it's all in vain or lost. But that's what you've got to remind yourself of the truths. You could remind yourself of the truth of that old children's chorus. He's got the whole world in his hands. And I don't say that in a trite manner because there are times when, if not the world, certainly our personal circumstances can seem so bleak and so dark, we think that there's no way forward or way out. I get that, I totally get that, and I'm not trying to minimise that. But the wonderful truth of the scriptures, the wonderful promise of God is he remains in charge so that nothing is spinning out of control ultimately. And if he's with us in the boat, it doesn't matter what the storms of life are that we face. He will be with us. He will bring us home to himself. Don't lose heart. Outwardly wasting away, inward, inward being renewed daily. Do you see the way this verse helps in so many different areas of life? I wish I had time to go into all of them. It could be when you've got loved ones that you witness Jesus to them and you see no change in them, no outward change in them and you grieve. It could be your children or your husband or your wife or a close friend. Don't just think outwardly. Trust that the Lord's in charge, doing things not able to be seen by human eye. Sometimes when we see Christian Christians that we know, Christian leaders fall or Christian friends backslide, that kind of thing can affect us. Remember, we don't know what's going on underneath and God's in charge. Sometimes our lack of passion for God, we kind of overthink things and go, well, I don't feel passionate towards the Lord. Where am I in my relationship? And don't just think of you, know what God's done for you and what he's promised for you. It could be things we've prayed for and nothing seems to be happening. Things we're very worried about or feel strongly about and outwardly we don't see anything happening, but inwardly 
Keep remembering the cover doesn't necessarily reveal the book accurately. Don't lose heart. This principle, don't lose heart, it's God's in charge. Don't think that the outward is everything. Sometimes, as I said before, the only thing that keeps Christians afloat in the rough seas of life, sometimes this is the only truth that allows us to not spin out of control by the vortex of competing half-truths and lies that the world puts. Hold on to this thing because it's true. In the scriptures, you see this truth played out all the way through the Bible. You see it played out from Joseph to Jesus. Now think about Joseph. A number of years ago we went through the story of Joseph, didn't we? Sold into slavery by his brothers in the book of Genesis. And he entered into a period of life that must have been awful for him. Separated from his home and family, falsely accused of sexual assault, wrongfully imprisoned for years. And yet years later when when Joseph is reunited with his brothers, what did he say to them? You intended it for harm, God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Looking with the eyes, it looked bad. The outward was wasting away. But what was unseen, what was inward, was very different. Jesus on the cross, of course, is the ultimate example of it. He died, why? Because of the evil of people's hearts. Because there were people who wanted him dead. Because there were people who betrayed him and knew he was innocent but still put him to death. It looked awful. But this was the power of God to save the world. Don't lose heart. Sometimes we can think, well, those are examples where we see the good that God brought out of it. I don't see the good in my own life in these kind of areas. Trust God. It's the same God. Same promises, same power, doing the same kind of things. And actually, this is the reason why, speaking personally for a moment, I can live in this world. I don't think I could live in this world if I didn't know that there was a God who holds it in his hand and who's in charge. If you live in this world without knowing that, it is a terrible place to be because terrible things happen to people that don't deserve it and awful people get away with terrible things. There's no ultimate justice. If you just lived in this world without a God who sees all and knows all and judges all and is in charge of all, it would break your heart and rip it out. Everything would just be totally meaningless and random. I don't know how people cope with that. But we have the Lord who loves us and is in charge and does judge and holds things in his hands and is working behind what we can just see physically. So don't judge a book by its cover. Even though outwardly things are wasting away, trust that inwardly you're being renewed day by day and God's still at work and he's still in charge. Trust that he's got you because he does. Hold on to the fact that the unseen is eternal. And our eyes seeing the things of this world are sometimes the downfall for us. Trust the promises of God more than the evidence of your eyes. Because it's that God who went to the cross for you. He knows what's best. He obviously loves you. He's in charge. I don't know what you're finding tough at the moment. I don't know whether I've uh, kind of touched on on one area of life or whether I've, I've just missed it all completely. But do you see with this principle it doesn't matter? The principle can be worked out in all the areas of life that you and I face. That's why this verse is a good one to memorize because you can apply it in so many different situations. So I want to finish this morning by getting us to do something slightly different. I want us to read this verse out together out loud. In fact, I'll get us to do it twice. If I see any laughing, I'll raise it. Four. Five, six. And what I'd ask you to do is, I'd ask you to try and remember this week 
Say it once to yourself out loud, once a day for a week. That should be enough to get it in our memories because this verse will help us in life. I'm convinced of that. It will help us to encourage us to keep going forward when we feel like the walls are closing in. It will speak truth to us when the lies of the world are trying to tell us something different about God or our circumstances. It will help us and encourage us. So let's say verse 16 out together. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Just one more time. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful truth. I pray that you would help us hold on to it in our hearts, know it in our minds and live encouraged in the light of it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.